invite you all to join me in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am not a musician. I do not play an instrument. I cannot read music. But I really like music. Like, I really, really like music. As someone who is an avid fiction reader and a lover of words in general, it's not much of a stretch to believe that lyrics speak to me in a really deep, powerful way. That's why I am so excited for us to begin our newest sermon series, Top of the Charts. Throughout this series, Chris and I will be preaching about ways that God speaks to us through music. We'll be connecting some lyrics with theological themes. We'll also be sharing some of our favorite music with each of you. In modern worship throughout this series, we'll be focused on Paul's letter to the church at Rome every week. There's only four weeks, so we will be in the book of Romans jumping around to different scriptures throughout. And I think it's going to be really cool for us to be in the same book this entire series. That means we'll kind of have the same setting and we'll get comfortable in knowing the time in which this letter was written. So, if you are new to Romans, we're going to do just a quick overview uh, before we get really too deep in. So, Romans falls in the New Testament. If I was still in youth, I would ask my students, is Romans in the Old or the New Testament? And depending on the group, they would all say, no. So it is in the New Testament. It is found right after the book of Acts. And while Acts is more of a collection of stories from the days after Jesus's resurrection and kind of a broad overview of the Christian church and how it spread, the letter to Ro the Romans, it's written to a very particular community, the Romans, right? It is for sure a letter that was composed by Paul. It's considered what we call an undisputed letter, meaning that scholars agree Paul was the one who actually wrote it. And in it, Paul's writing to those believers at Rome. Paul did not create, start, anything like that, the church that is in Rome. Paul has actually never even been to Rome when he writes this letter. And yet, out of all of Paul's letters, this is the most theological one, meaning that he really lays out what it means to believe in Jesus and how we are a transformed people when we follow in Jesus' footsteps. It's almost helpful that Paul isn't so connected to this community of believers in Rome. Because instead of being super specific, we get these more kind of broad strokes at what makes up the Christian faith. And Paul is uniquely qualified for this too. While Paul did not know Jesus during Jesus' time on earth, after Paul has this encounter with Jesus post-resurrection on the road to Damascus, Paul does not go straight into ministry. Instead, Paul does a 
pretty Christ-like thing. And he goes into the wilderness. Paul spends time in the deserts of Arabia reflecting on his Jewish faith and how that Jewish faith connects with this life-changing experience he had with Christ. Paul spends time away really studying and examining and developing language for what he believes. It's believed that Paul wrote this around 58 AD as he does ministry in Asia Minor, Greece, and along the Mediterranean Sea. The community of believers that Paul is writing to, those Romans, they are made up of both Jews and Gentiles. And they are divided on matters of doctrine and practice. The Jewish believers still adhere to their Jewish law and their beliefs. And the Gentiles aren't sure if that kind of doctrine is really important to their faith. They're all conflicted on how to weight the law with the way Christ is working in their lives. The community at Rome believes in Jesus. They both do, but they don't have the verbiage to really back up what they believe. Then you throw in that these are two really distinct groups that have different cultures and beliefs, and it's no surprise really that they're struggling. They're struggling, but both groups are committed. Paul's letter here, this letter to the Romans, is intended to help them gain some verbiage for their beliefs. This morning, we're going to be in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul. But now, God's righteous... Okay, this is a little deep too, so we can do this. But now, God's righteousness has been revealed apart from the law which is confirmed by the law and the prophets. God's righteousness comes from the faithfulness of Jesus Christ for all who have faith in him. There's no distinction. So that's like Paul underlining the all there. He goes on to say, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, but all are treated as righteous freely by his grace because of a ransom that was paid by Christ Jesus. Through his faithfulness, God displayed Jesus as the place of sacrifice where mercy is found by means of his blood. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness in passing over sins that happened before, during the time of God's patient tolerance. He also did this to demonstrate that he is together in a resurrection like his. Is this right? Is it following? No? All right, let's uh, just keep reading from here. Uh, through, <laughs> I always know when something's off, you're silent. Okay, through his faithfulness, God displayed Jesus as the place of sacrifice where mercy is found by means of his blood. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness in passing over sins that happened before during the time of God's patient tolerance. He also did this to demonstrate that he is righteous in the present time and to treat the one who has faith in Jesus as righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. My friend Allison 
first introduced me to Leon Bridges in 2015. He was an up-and-coming artist out of Fort Worth, Texas, and he had this heavy soul gospel vibe. His music is very modern and old school at the same exact time. When I heard the first song she shared, I was hooked. A group of my friends actually went to his concert in Oklahoma in 2016. It was a sold out show and it solidified our appreciation to Allison for introducing us to such a creative artist. I was especially drawn to the way that even though Leon Bridges was drawing in a very secular crowd, his music had some deep theology to it. His music spoke to his faith. One of my favorite songs from his first album is titled River. Our band's gonna play it in a little bit. And in that song, Leon Bridges talks about needing to be washed clean from his mistakes, needing to be made new. That'll preach. For Paul's audience in Rome, Paul had to find a way to explain that the divided Jewish and Gentile believers were actually on the same side. He needed them to come together in their commonalities instead of being divided because of their interpretation of the laws. One of the most famous passage from what we read in Romans is when Paul writes, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. This is kind of Paul's way of saying, hey, Listen to me. None of us have followed every law perfectly. None of us have this whole faith thing down. We are all in need of redemption. We are all in need of surrender. We are all in need of new life. Paul goes on to say that only God is righteous and it's only through Christ that we too can have an everlasting life. Paul is very intentional when he says this, because when he says that Jesus has come as an ultimate sacrifice, he's appealing to the Jewish people who understand the tradition of sacrifice, and he's also appealing to the Gentiles by telling them they don't have to do anything to deserve the grace of God. We too all have moments where we feel undeserving, where we feel like we are at war with our neighbor, where we are so down that it's hard to feel like we could ever truly be loved, that we could ever truly be forgiven. And yet, Paul reassures the Romans and Paul reassures all of us here today that we are worthy. We have been made new through the river of grace offered to each of us. Today is one of those really cool moments. It's one of those really cool Sundays where all of these big moments in the life of the church converge together. We celebrated the baptisms of Wiley and Elsie we celebrated the confirmation students being confirmed. And in just a few minutes, we're going to receive Holy Communion together. Each of these is an example of God's grace 
that is offered freely to each of us. In Leon Bridges' song, River, he sings this. In my darkness, did you think I was going to sing? <laughs> Not today. In my darkness, I remember. Mama's words reoccur to me. Surrender to the good Lord, and he'll wipe your slate clean. It's what Paul asks of those early believers in Rome. It's what's asked of each of us today that we recognize God's righteousness, that we recognize it and are confident that it is enough for all of us. It isn't restricted. It's freely given. When I was in high school, a young pastor was with us for an event at my church camp. And during worship that night, he stood up and invited us all to receive Holy Communion. We were receiving communion through intinction, which is where you receive a piece of bread in your hands and then you dip it into the cup and consume it. And as this young pastor was explaining the logistics, he told us, these youth age students, that as we come forward, we should cup our hands out and wait for the bread to be given to us because there's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to be deserving of it. Instead, we just unclench our fist, open our hands wide and together, and offer the grace that is given to each of us. This is the message of Jesus. It's the message he came on earth to proclaim that we are all worthy of love, that we are all worthy of being cherished, that we are all worthy. Paul needs this growing community in Rome to know that they are receiving a gift that defies the laws and the structures they've been so accustomed to for so long. Don't we too? know what it's like to feel chained to the world, to the culture around us? Don't we know what it's like to feel like what Leon Bridges sings about, there's blood on my hands and my lips aren't clean? Maybe there's not literal blood on your hands, but the metaphor stands. Often we feel less than. We feel like we couldn't possibly deserve the grace that Paul teaches about. And yet it is offered freely, continuously for all time. Friends, may we too feel washed clean by the love of Christ. May we know the restorative power of Jesus. And may we continue to work to unite with our community instead of dividing.